Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the podcast here at uh, Fortress of the Mind. And I thought I'd make this podcast just a podcast of answering questions. I've got a few recent questions here by email from readers, and so I wanted to address those questions and try to give my thoughts on them. So let's jump into these questions here and see what what people are asking. So this first question here is from a guy, and he says, uh, Quintus, I have some questions. The office-dwelling lives that most Westerners have, nine-to-five jobs, do you believe that this way of living is antithetical to an individual trying to gain character, toughness, not being soy, etc.? <laughs> also, do you believe that military service is the gold standard for a boy to transition into manhood? And is it the best thing for learning about manhood out there? Is there any other, he says, are there any other soy antidotes out there for guys who don't join the military? And he says, how so how did military service change you? What were you like before and after? Blah, 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 blah. You know, things like that. All right, so he's got a, a number of questions in here in this this email. So, you know, these are the type of questions that are not easy to answer. So I, I will try to just give my my abbreviated version here. All right, so first understand, man, that there's no one road. There's no one magic formula for achieving the things that you want in life, all right? You know, uh, the military is good for some people, and it may not be good for other people, all right? It happened to be a good thing for me for the time that I was, uh, you know, the time that I participated, and I felt like it was valuable to me. I felt like it was something that I needed, that I benefited from, and that I I contributed to also in, in, in my own way. Uh, but it may not be something for everybody. And I, I, I think it's important not to try to impose, uh, you know, these boilerplates on everybody. Now, I do believe that uh, universal military service is, is a good thing, um, you know, because for the reasons that I've written about, I, I just think it's a good way to fo- help form a cohesive society to give everybody a, a, a sense of a common shared experience that they can draw on, that they can relate to each other better. It's, it's, it's not just a matter of, of character building, but it's also a matter of socialization. You're socializing a generation of, of people, of, of young men and young women to uh, have a common experience. It's a, it's, a, it's a binding experience. And it's something that we really need in America. It's something we used to have but no longer have and i think it's a it's a real detriment because you've got to give people skin in the game as everybody says it's the common phrase that's out there now we have uh we have uh mr talib to thank for that god bless him and uh you know i i think every society needs that every society needs some sort of formative experience for for young people to help bring them together, you know, from all different backgrounds and kind of throw them all together 
and let them learn from each other. You've got to do that. You've got to mix the pot. You've got to stir the pot. All right, so bottom line is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I think the military is a very good thing. And I think, I think if, you're, if you have the inclination, and I think if you, even if you don't really have the inclination, I think it's, it's, it's a, I don't think it'll ever be wasted time. Okay, now you may not want to stay in for a career. You know, that's fine. I didn't. You know, I, I did four years of active duty and another few years of reserve duty, but uh, that's, that was fine for most people, and, and, and that's, that's fine. So you got to, bottom line is stop looking for all-purpose solutions to problems. That's one of the things that young guys really get fixated about is they want these, they want these magic formulas. They want, they want, you know, master keys. They want master keys to the lock of the world. They think that they, if they can just, you know, get the, find the formula you know, they're going to be able to just break the code and just be able to read the secrets, you know. Well, the world doesn't really work like that. Nobody, no one, no one has broken the code. Nobody has a master key, okay? Going through life is rummaging through your pocket for one key after another key to open one lock after another lock to doors that you find obstructing your way. All right. So, you know, in many ways, you have to do the best you can and you have to make the decisions that you make with the information that you have at that time. All right. So that's what you need to think about. You know, how did military service change you? OK, well, it changed me in a lot of ways. It changed me in a lot of ways. Uh, I felt like I didn't really have a lot of direction. I felt like I really didn't have a developed sense of, of um, you know, physical uh, identity and physical fitness and, and uh, uh, you know, leadership skills. And I think it helped in, in all those areas. I think it helped in all those areas. And I think the idea of getting things done, I mean, the, the benefits are so numerous that I, I could sit here and just go on and on for hours. And I, I don't want to do that. I think they're self-evident. I think they're self-evident. And... Um, you know, uh, I think you 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 become more responsible. You become more disciplined. You become more focused. You become more uh, serious about things. So uh, you need to you need to experience it for yourself, and then it'll mean then it'll mean whatever it whatever it means to you. You know, the, asking me these types of questions reminds me of a, a story. Reminds me of an anecdote. There's a passage in um, Michael Crichton's book, uh, Travels, where he talks about how he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And he was climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. And before he went on the, and I guess it's in, I should know this, but I think it's in Kenya or it's, I think it's in East Africa somewhere. I, I forget if it's Kenya or... Um, one of the other countries in East Africa. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's Kenya. I could be wrong, but whatever. doesn't matter. Before he goes to climb Mount uh, Kilimanjaro, he meets some, some other tourists who have come down from the mountain, and he meets them in a restaurant or something, and he goes up and says, hey, what was it like? You know, how, how did you find it? And what, did you, what were you thinking about? What, you know, what's, what's going on? And blah, blah, blah. 
And he was he was kind of taken aback by their answers because they were very unenthusiastic and very sort of flat toned and very um, flat in their responses. You know, they just kind of gave one sentence answers, very deflated answers, very unenthusiastic, uh, not very voluble responses. So he was kind of taken aback by that. And then after he went on the uh, climb himself, and he, he suffered, I guess, greatly through it with blisters and tiredness and altitude sickness or whatever it was. And, and he, he came back down exhausted. And once he had gone through it, and he didn't really feel like talking about it. And I guess somebody came up to him and asked him how it was. And he kind of gave these sort of generic answers. And he could tell from the looks on their faces that they were kind of uh, wondering why he was so unenthusiastic. Well, and he said to himself, well, look, um, an experience, an intense experience is sometimes difficult to, to describe to people who have never been through it. You have to go through it yourself. And once you've done it, you won't need someone to explain it to you. You'll already know. You will already know. And it'll mean whatever it means to you. So that, I think, is a good analogy here that I'm going to use. And I think you should take that Take that to heart. All right, so I think that disposes enough of the first email. Let's go on to the second email here. Let's see what this other gentleman here has to say. All right, this guy's question is this. He says, uh, Quintus, just wondering what your thoughts are on pursuing a classics degree versus a mathematics degree or both. I'm currently a junior in college. I have studied math and science, biology, in parentheses, he says, mostly for the past two years, yet have always had a fondness for ancient history, especially uh, classical and Hellenistic Greece. The paternal side of my family have been lawyers since the early 19th century, and my grandfather, who I greatly admired, was a very successful corporate lawyer, legal scholar who studied the classics at Harvard, and before he passed a few months ago, he always wanted me to pursue a field like law that benefited, that befitted my talents, uh, people have always told me that I'm a natural lawyer, whatever that means. The dilemma mainly emerges from the feeling that I will need to provide both for myself. I have no source of income at the moment, just relying on my uh, family. And eventually, blah, 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 blah. I won't read that. Um, his, he says, I'm concerned that studying the classics and pursuing law might turn out to be fruitless, which could be a problem. Whereas a mathematics slash computer science degree definitely will be lucrative, but it may not be where I'm, quote, meant to be, to end up in some sense. What are your thoughts? All right. So it sounds like uh, basically this guy's question is he uh, doesn't, he's not really sure what field of studies to take. And he just kind of wants some reassurance here as what to do. All right. Well, look. First of all, if you want to be a lawyer, you don't need, uh, there's no, you can major in anything uh, as an undergraduate. You can study, you can study mathematics, you can study computer science, you can study uh, humanities, you can do whatever you want, or you can do both. I mean, you know, who says you can't do, you can't do more than one thing, all right? Um, so, you know, I, I think you've just got a lot of, a lot of, uh, doubt in your mind as to what sort of career path and what sort of studying academic path you want. And again, a lot of these questions come down to a version of, 
Should I choose what I love over what's, quote, practical? And this is not an easy question. I've, I've gone back and forth on this. And all I can do is tell you what I did. You know, I did not, I was not the type of person who did, quote, what was, you know, uh, I majored in things that I thought were going to help me earn a lot of money that I hated. You know, I, um, what things I studied in in school were, you know, political science and, and economics. I mean, because I knew that I was, uh, you know, I was in an ROTC program. I knew I was going to go into the military. So I didn't, you know, it didn't, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't really a, a concern of mine to get some sort of technical degree, nor was I really that enthusiastic about those fields of study. Okay. So, uh, you know, so so those are the things that you have to uh, think about. But and then, and, but there, I will say, I will admit, there is a very, very good argument that says that you should um, you should pick a, a field of study that is going to be, you know, marketable. That is going to help you get uh, a way to earn a living. And I, I totally understand that. I totally agree with it. As long as you can bear doing it, as long as you can like it enough where you can sit in classes for years and years and you can and, and you can do it. I certainly don't think that someone should just pick a a field out of a hat or just pick something like, you know, mechanical engineering or or chemistry or mathematics just because they think, quote unquote, that they're going to get a lot of money from that. Uh, that's not how you that's not how you do things in life. You have to at least like it enough where you can get through the day. You have to you know, you know, I'm not saying you have to be uh, amorously um, infatuated with your subject. Okay, there's nothing wrong with with having a very business-like approach to a field of study and just doing what doing what you need to do just to earn a living. That's fine, but you should at least like it enough where you can you can get up in the morning and not feel miserable, because quality of life matters too. And if you do something you totally hate, then you're going to be miserable. And you're not going to be of any use to anyone. So in the final balance, I think you, you do have to weigh, you do have to do a multi-factor analysis. You have, to, you have to weigh practicality and what will enable you to get a job that will earn a salary, a good, uh, earn a living, because that's important, obviously, these days or any in any day. But at the same time, you should not simply just throw out uh, your personal interests out the window either. You've got you've to live. You have to be, to some extent, uh, a, 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 a well-adjusted, happy person if you're going to function. So it's a multi-factor analysis, and I'm not really sure if there's any magic formula. I think you have to weigh both of those factors, and you have to try to balance them in such a way that uh, you know, it, it, it suits your circumstances. Um, so that's what I think. That's what I think. And, and you know, for me, I, I um, you know, I was, uh, you know, entirely self-taught when, when it comes to, you know, classical literature and, and, and language. And, but again, I'm not, uh, my way is not necessarily everybody's way. So I don't really hold out myself as a model of anything. I'm just telling you what I did. Uh, so, 
if there's any lesson to be learned, I think you just, again, it always comes back to you have to do the best you can with the tools you have at the time. Make a decision and go with it. Make a decision. You're never going to have a perfect set of information in front of you, okay? And this guy here, you know, decide what you want to do. Do you want to be a, ma a computer science guy or do you want to be a, a software engineer or do you want to be a lawyer? They're two very different fields, man. Either you want to be one thing or you want to be the other. So you're going to have to decide. At some point, you're going to pick. You got to, you have to just, you know, make a decision based on what you know at the time and life will adjust around that and you will adjust around life. And if you make the wrong decision, you'll find out after a few years. Believe me, you'll find out. And in terms of, um, you know, if you do decide you want to be a lawyer, major in whatever you want, whatever you like, whatever you enjoy. All right. Do both. Do both math and uh, classical uh, literature. Who says you can't do both? You know, you should do both probably be well-rounded you know so you're probably not going to think my answers here are, are very helpful but I'm trying to impress on you that there is no magic formula here all right there's no magic formula you have to you have to come up with a hierarchy of needs here you you know you're going to have to decide what do you want to do with your life you know what what profession do you want and then after you've decided that, I mean, if you, if you decide you want to be a software engineer, then you just simply, you, you know, your focus needs to be on, on uh, the mathematics and the sciences. And if you want to do the literature stuff, you do that, you can do that maybe as a minor and uh, see where that goes. But uh, if you truly are passionate about a subject, you will find a way, you will find a way to work it into your life. You will. So... Think about that. Think about those things. Something to chew on. So until next time, keep the morale up and keep the fires stoked. And um, we will be back soon. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.